Hello again, everybody. This is a special edition of the SLGND podcast brought to you by the D Hotel. No Dave, no Shane, but Dan Duva here with Gary Lawless on an important day in Golden Knights history. A new general manager has been named, Kelly McCrimmon, the assistant GM from the franchise's inception beginning in the summer of 2016 through September of this year, will become the new general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. And, of course, George McPhee stays with the organization, retaining his title as president. Gary Lawless, an important day. Press conference, George McPhee, Bill Foley, and, of course, Kelly McCrimmon there to discuss all of this. But I suppose it it took a lot of people off guard. Uh, And we'll hear from Kelly McCrimmon himself, and we'll ask him about how he thinks this all came together. But how about you? Were you surprised by this? Well, not surprised enough in the fact that this is what I was hoping or a version of this I was hoping was going to happen because uh, um, I didn't want Kelly to leave the organization and I didn't think it would be the best thing for the organization. Um, surprised in the fact that uh, if you're living in Edmonton today, you know, the, the Kelly McCrimmon was on the top of that list and Bob Nicholson had halted his search for a new GM waiting to speak to Kelly McCrimmon and you know George McPhee sort of uh, let everyone in the NHL know earlier this year that he was not going to grant permission for anyone to speak to Kelly McCrimmon until the Vegas Golden Knights season was over and you, immediately after uh, the loss in San Jose in Game 7 rumors started to circulate that uh, um, not rumors qualified uh, men such as Darren Dreger or qualified reporters such as Darren Dreger, Bob McKenzie, Elliot Friedman, Chris Johnson uh, were started talking about the fact that that Bob Nicholson, president of the Oilers, would wait a beat, give give George McPhee you know the opportunity to kind of have twenty four to forty eight hours, but then would reach out and and ask for permission and um the Seattle franchise was also you know they wanted to speak to George Mc, to to Kelly McCrimmon as well so they would have known what the timeline uh that that Bob Nicholson was going to be working under uh, be working under and they were going to let Edmonton talked to to McCrimmon and Hiram before they got a chance to to talk to him so um Things started to move last week, and George McPhee confirmed in the, the press conference to announce this, announce this today that teams did ask for permission to speak to Kelly McCrimmon. And just to take a step back here, it's important to recognize the Golden Knights season ended earlier than anticipated, certainly earlier than it had last year. But George said at his press conference today that this idea has been on his mind for three or four weeks. And that, of course, goes back into the month of March, or late March, early April, um, when you consider that the time frame. And that is, while the Golden Knights are still in the regular season, long before you knew what the playoff picture was going to, to shake out as. So for George to think about this, um, with so many other things going on, is, I think, notable. Yeah, I think in terms of George thinking about what the structure would look like, I think George probably six months to a year ago probably thought to himself, "There's we're going to come to a fork in the road where someone's going to want to take my my top guy, Kelly McCrimmon. And, and then probably, you know, in his mind, what will I do when, that, when it comes to that? And then, you know, as time went on, you know, re, Kelly would have reinforced in George's mind that, this was he's such a qualified guy that you know having him leave 
wasn't wasn't going to be best for the organization. And I want to put it in context of a couple recent hockey GM departures with very different circumstances. A few years ago, Lou Lamarillo is no longer the GM of the New Jersey Devils. He was put into a president's role. That didn't last very long. He goes to Toronto, has the GM role there. Brendan Shanahan is kind of overseeing things and then leaves Toronto to take over as the GM of the Islanders. And then more recently, Steve Eiserman steps down in Tampa. Julian Brisebois becomes the GM, but Steve didn't go into a president's role. He went into a special advisor's role and, of course, has since left to become the GM of the Detroit. Red Wings, where Ken Holland has kind of moved out of the G- GM role and into a president's role. All of these structures are different, and the di- and the structure in Vegas is way different than any of and those. And that's kind of my point. In yeah. that this is uh, from day one. So so George McPhee hired Kelly McCrimmon in the summer of uh, twenty se- of twenty sixteen, and as soon as that sorry the summer of twenty seventeen, and as soon as that happened, no, I was correct 16, the first yeah. time. The summer of twenty sixteen, <laughs> and as Three soon as that now, as yeah. soon as that happened. George said to Kelly, we're going to divide the league up. You're going to look after half the league, and I'm going to look half half the league. And when George was hiring Kelly, he said to Kelly, you will be involved in every decision. So from day one, this hasn't been GM and assistant GM. George used the word co-GM during the press conference today. This has been a partnership. And they have kind of, you know, I've used the phrase two intersecting circles. And, you know, in some areas they overlapped. In some areas, you know, Kelly had, you know, spent more time looking after the Chicago Wolves. George spent more time being around the NHL team. George probably spent more time working with Bill Foley and the media. And Kelly spent more time working with the pro scouting staff and the amateur scouting staff. But when they were doing a trade for Mark Stone, they're both they're both in the room. They're both on the phone. When they're negotiating a contract for Mark Stone or Mac Pacioretty or, or Mark Henry Fleury, they're both their partners in this. So that'll continue. There Kelly will represent the team at the GM meetings and Kelly will be the first point of contact for other GMs. If a GM wants to make a trade with Vegas, his first call will be to Kelly McCrimmon because he's the GM. But Kelly McCrimmon isn't trading uh, one of his players or a draft pick without George McPhee sitting right beside him. And vice versa, George McPhee wasn't doing that in the past without without Kelly McCrimmon in the room. So in some ways, things are are just the same. And And this is what's really fascinating about this is that George McPhee looked at this situation and thought, what's best for the Vegas Golden Knights? And what was best for the Golden Knight, Vegas Golden Knights was keeping Kelly McCrimmon. So George had to change his work life to, to a certain extent and, and give up a portion of his title to get Kelly McCrimmon to stick around. They also had to go to Bill. George also had to go to Bill Foley and say, this is what I want to do. And, and uh, listen, I, I'm guessing there's some added resources here. Kelly McCrimmon just got a promotion. He's probably making more money than he, than he was making yesterday. Yeah, Bill That's, Foley in his press conference said this is not a budget organization. Exactly. Yeah, and th- this is a, this is another example of competitive edge. The fact that Bill Foley isn't taking every dime of profit out of the organization, he's pouring it back into the organization to make it stronger. Because uh, listen, Bill Foley's. I don't want to speak for the man, but I'll, I can speak by I can, I can I've watched his actions. His pr- priority here isn't 
to take money out of the franchise. His priority is to win a Stanley Cup. And if that means putting putting money back into it uh, because he's he's developed a successful franchise that turns a profit, if he has to turn that profit back into the franchise, he's willing to do that. And that's, listen, ownership wins. And having a good owner and uh, that is willing to do these things is critical for a fan base, and they should be happy that they have Bill Foley. We're going to hear from Kelly McCrimmon himself coming up on the podcast. And Gary, I wanted to put in context not just the here and now with the Golden Knights, Golden Knights organization uh, and the relationship that Kelly has with George. And in fact, we'll ask Kelly about how he first met George, which is an interesting story. Uh, and, and their relationship that is that began with the Golden Knights. They did not know each other prior to this, but now, and George just recalling a conference that he had with the coaches and Kelly, uh, they were finishing each other's sentences. And George said at his press conference today, finishing each other's sentences like a married couple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just been three years they've been together, and it's three years Kelly has been here. But it's his first job in the National Hockey League. He had been the general manager and owner, of course, continues to be, with the Brandon Wheat Kings and the WHL. So my question to you is, Gary, can you put in context? We know that the organization loves Kelly McCrimmon and what he's done here speaks for itself. But who is Kelly McCrimmon and why is he the person who is in this position now? Well, he's really unique and so I uh, often, when I'm talking about Kelly, who I've known for a long, long time, talk. Uh, I describe him as owner, general manager, coach, and bus driver of the Brandon Wheat Kings. And it's the last part that tells you what you really need to know about Kelly McCrimmon. And Brandon Wheat Kings, that's a WHL team, Brandon Manitoba. Yeah, it's one of the most successful franchises in in major junior hockey in the world. And it, and Kelly played there with his brother Brad. And we should touch, a bit, touch on Brad uh, before we wrap this up as well. Uh, they both played for the Wheat Kings. And Kelly went there as the general manager, named general manager of the team when he was 28 years old. The owner... Um, Bob Cornell, uh, after a few years, said to Kelly, I'm going to sell you a third of the team. And then uh, 10 years later, said to him, I'm going to sell you the rest of the team. And over that time, uh, Kelly was the GM. He's been named uh, Canadian Hockey League Executive of the Year. He's been named Canadian Hockey League GM of the Year. They won. They went to five Memorial Cups during his time there. Kelly McCrimmon has a coach. Coached in the Western Hockey League against Bill Peters, Mike Babcock, Willie Desjardins, and was every bit as good a coach as any of those guys. So he sees the, and then you have to scout players, and then he was the general manager, and he was the owner. So you have to run the business. You have to run the hockey operations. You've got to evaluate talent. And then when you're behind the bench, you have to to use that talent to win games. And make sure there's enough gas in the bus to get home afterwards. Yeah, so that, I, 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 digressed for a second budgets are tight in the western hockey league and but brandon is the most eastern team Uh, winnipeg just got a team and they'll be uh but when kelly was was running it brandon was the most eastern team and you go as far as west as vancouver and seattle and portland and there's 24-hour bus rides in that uh, uh in that league and they didn't have enough to, enough money to, to hire a second bus driver, so Kelly, who was the coach and GM and part owner, went and got his commercial license so that when the bus driver was either tired or legally needed to be spared, Kelly would jump behind the wheel. And it, it, it just tells you about the fact that, you know, like the, you and I have worked in hockey a long time. The bus driver is kind of, you know, he, he's not really part of the team and or he's the guy that 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 
that the team hires to be around. It's you know, it's it's not the glamour spot. It's not the. It's a thankless job. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but Kelly, the, his his ego wasn't involved in that decision. His decision was what what was best for the organization and the team was what was involved involved in that decision. So to me, it just tells you so much about him. Uh, anyways, he, he so he's a, he he's a great coach. He's a great evaluator. He's a great leader, and you've seen that day to day. He, in many ways, I think he's the glue of the organization because he can walk into that coach's office and talk to the coaches on a on a technical level and an experience level of knowing what they're going through, and then he can go walk into the the GM's office and the owner's office and speak to them on the same level because he's been a GM and because he's been an owner. He understands all of the stresses that they're going through. Then he's been a scout. He speaks the same language as the scout, has an evaluator. There's not many guys like Kelly McCrimmon. George McPhee said, I don't know if there's a guy more well-equipped to do this, citing all of those jobs that you just listed, Gary. And then beyond that, George said about Kelly, he's never had a bad day. Yeah. Right, he's very well liked. Salt of the earth was a phrase that George used to describe him. You can't outwork him. He's got he's he's that he's that A type person in in the sense that he's got that motor that never stops. But he's not an a, he's not what you call an A type in terms of how he treats other people and how he relates to other people. He's really down to earth in that respect. So the scouts who have that other thankless job in the shadows, they love him. He's Krim to them, and they love Krim. They have because he's one of them. The coaches see him as one of them. He just has he just has the ability to touch all aspects of an organization, and he leads in uh, not in proclamations and uh, and beating his chest or and patting his own back. He leads by the fact that he's the first in the office. He's the last to leave. He's a grinder. Uh, he's a great guy to have a beer with. He's, He'll make time for anybody. And he has great stories to tell. And uh, Listen, this is no secret. I've known him a long time. I look look up to him kind of like in a big brother type relationship. I absolutely love the guy. This was selfishly, this was a fantastic day for me because I just love, I, I love working with George too. You, you know that, but there's a, I have another, I have different relationships with these guys and it's not, this isn't about me, but just, this is a personal anecdote. I'm just really happy that Kelly McCrimmon's sticking around on a personal and professional level. Golden Knights fans who have paid attention to the structure of this organization ought to be thrilled. We already mentioned that the possibilities of whether it was the Edmonton Oilers in the coming season, the Seattle franchise, uh, it seemed to be just as big of a news story today in Edmonton as it has been here in Las Vegas because of how important Kelly McCrimmon has been. And again, to think that he has never had an NHL job until this stop with the Golden Knights, and now he is a general manager at the NHL level. And he spoke at the press conference today, Gary, not just about his professional experience. He spoke about his personal life. Uh, you mentioned a few moments ago his brother Brad, uh, his wife, uh, his parents, uh, his extended family. I wonder if his you could speak too, to that. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's talk about Brad first of all, because that was obviously uh, the beast. A, a, a real, real, a real emotional moment. Yeah, Beast was uh, Brad McCrimmon's nickname when he played in the NHL. He was for a long time in the 1980s was uh, among uh, the very best uh, defensemen in the NHL. And when he was paired with Mark Howe uh, with Philadelphia Flyers, they were the best, best 
defense pairing in the NHL. Sort of, uh, you know, you think of uh, of Savard and Lapointe, uh, um, that type of a duo where one guy could, you know, they they could do everything. They could rush the puck. They could play physical. Brad could fight. Um, they could hit. They could kill penalties. They could play in the power play. They could score. They could pass. They were just really high-end talents that were well-rounded, and they were fantastic to watch. Brad went into coaching, um, coached our colleague Shane Knighty when he was uh, in the Atlanta Thrashers organization, and then J- Brad wanted to be a head coach in the NHL, and didn't hadn't hadn't had any head coaching experience, and got offered a head coaching job in the KHL, and um, was uh, among uh, the uh, well the, the the plane crashed the Yaroslavl team that the plane crashed and uh, everyone on the plane perished, uh, including Brad. Um, so he wasn't there. To, obviously, he's not not around today. And Kelly touched on how proud Brad would have been today, and uh, we'll let we'll let Kelly talk about that. What Brad would have been thinking today when we speak to him later? Yeah, it was September of 2011. Yeah, and uh, he talks about him in a way as if he's uh, still in the room. Uh, it's, a, it's clearly a special relationship, and we'll let Kelly talk more about that. Yeah, well, I, on that day in in September of 2011, after it happened, I sent Kelly a text message and said, "I'm going to be writing about Brad today." This is when I was the columnist at the Winnipeg Free Press, and I said, "If you." Uh, if you want to say something about your brother, uh, you know, you have my number. And if, you, if you're if not up to talking today, of course, I understand that. And my phone rang, uh, you know, 30 seconds later, and it was Kelly on the other end. And uh, uh, it's a conversation I'll never forget. But it was, uh, you know, obviously the... the you know the pride of a brother, and also the the heartbreak of losing uh, uh, your best friend. It was, uh, um, you know, just another another facet of Kelly McCrimmon, and uh, uh, Golden Knights fans are going to get to learn a lot more about him. And we'll hear from him in just a moment. He is our guest of the day, brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company. Rock Creek Cattle Company is a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. It's a working cattle ranch sitting on 28,000 acres of land, and it's got a little something for everybody, including a world-class golf course, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. More information at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. And Kelly McCrimmon is here. Mr. McCrimmon, congratulations. How do you feel today? Well, it's a special day, uh, Dan. Thanks uh, thanks for having me, first of all. And, um, you know, really pleased that it, uh, that it worked out like it, uh, like it did. Uh, really excited about uh, what lies ahead. It's been a pretty interesting process. You know, we kind of, you're watching the... The, the, the hockey media kind of throw your name around for, for months now. They've been talking about potentially, you know, your number one candidate for Seattle for, for, for their GM, vacant GM position, and then Edmonton makes a change, and all of a sudden your name is, is thrown around there. And, uh, and uh, you know, I've worked on that side of the business, and people are trying to put one and one together. And uh, um, George uh, addressed the media on this subject a little while ago and just simply said he's not going to name any teams, but point blank, yes, the phone did ring, and there were people that were seeking permission to talk to you. Uh, let's kind of talk process. Um, the team is is knocked out of the playoffs, and that kind of immediately puts this issue on the front burner. And uh, and 
you know, the phone is obviously, as George said, has, has rung, and people are asking for permission to talk to you. Uh, you and George have offices right beside each other. Tell us how this unfolded to get us to here, where you're named general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, well, once the season ended, you've got uh, your year-end, uh, you know, responsibilities that uh, every team, you know, does with uh, exit interviews with uh, with your players. We, uh, you know, met with our coaches, spent some time uh, uh, there, and George indicated that indicated to me that he'd like to talk to me uh, on Friday, heading into the weekend, and at that time. Uh, he shared his thoughts as he touched on uh, there today at our uh, press conference that uh, um, he'd been thinking about it and, and would I have interest in uh, being the GM right here uh, as opposed to maybe some of the other opportunities that uh, might have been available. Um, I didn't uh, uh, speak to any teams. Uh, I know that, uh, as you said, there was lots of suggestions that that, uh, that, that might come and, in fact, uh, uh, permission was requested. But, uh, you know, since Friday, I uh, first uh, wanted to talk to my family to get a sense of what uh, their thoughts were, and uh, George uh, needed to speak with Bill to see uh, uh, what uh, he thought about uh, uh, you know that possibility, and uh, it came together from there. So uh, you know, over the course of uh, five or six days uh, since he first brought this up, Kelly, when George says that to you, especially at that point in time. What goes through your mind? Well, Dan, that's a good question, and uh, I generally think I'm pretty quick on my feet. I generally uh, am not uh, stuck for words, and uh, I truly was. I had not uh, considered that uh, to be a possibility uh, at all. So, um, you know, I, I eventually, as we talked about it for a few minutes, uh, just said, George, I, I apologize. I just uh, I need some time. I really don't even know uh, what to say. So that's how uh, I felt about it, and then... Um, you know the, the the big thing for me is I wanted to make sure that George was really comfortable that he wanted uh, that he wanted this and that he thought it was uh, the right thing for himself for the organization and uh, he truly did you heard him today I think he spoke uh, extremely well uh, on the whole process and uh, you know those are the types of conversations that we had as well. It's easy for us to sort of look externally and say hey this is the best thing for the Golden Knights they get to keep McPhee they get to keep McCrimmon and they move forward but George is making uh, uh, he's ceding his title uh, a portion of his title and general manager is there's only 31 of them they're considered to be uh, the best jobs in hockey and uh, it's it's an incredible honor one that you're worthy of uh, in from you know how I feel about the work you've done, and uh, but for George to it's a, it's an incredible act of leadership. To me, it's true leadership because he's saying this is what's best for us, and by us meaning the Golden Knights. But and and he has to ch- change his title to to make that happen, and that's a it's a pretty unique move. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I couldn't be more appreciative. I thought it was. Uh, um, extremely selfless of him uh, you know to approach me uh, about this and uh, I, I believe that he felt it was uh, the best thing for the organization and that was uh, what he used in terms of his decision-making process and um, you know we've had a fabulous working relationship uh, it's going to be uh, you know very much the same in terms of our day-to-day and then the the things that we talk about and uh, make decisions on so I, I, I know that he'll uh, continue to be uh, very involved he's uh, obviously the president of the organization the man that I uh, report to he's going to be part of everything uh, that we do which is uh, which is what we need if we're going to be as good as we can be 
So you, during your press conference, you, you talked about how you got here. And so, uh, you know, for, for our listeners that aren't real familiar, um, you come from a farm in uh, Plenty, Saskatchewan, and you played a little bit of junior hockey, and then you went to, you went to Michigan and played collegiate hockey there. And then you returned, uh, you returned to the Brandon Wheat Kings where you'd played a little bit of hockey and where your brother Brad was, uh, was a great star. And uh, um, just take us through a little bit about uh, of your, your coaching and management and ownership uh, timeline to get you to this point. Well, I, uh, uh, you know, as you said, uh, played in Brandon, went uh, to Michigan after that, and uh, our plan uh, was that uh, um, I was married while I was at school. Uh, we got uh, married after my sophomore year, and our plan was we were going to go back uh, to our family farm, which was where uh, we had grown up in Saskatchewan. I then had an opportunity to work in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, which I did for a couple of years, and that, uh, uh, I guess, gained uh, some attention with the people in Brandon. I was hired in Brandon. and hired then as, Hired as what? Kelly? I was hired as the general manager uh, uh, right after my 28th birthday um, uh, by a guy named Bob Cornell, who I referred to in the press conference today, who's been a, a you know, he was a guy that always uh, believed in me. He was the gentleman that uh, sold me my first, uh, well, sold me the first third of the Wheat Kings in 1992. He sold me the final two thirds uh, to my wife and I in uh, 2000 and uh, remain great uh, friends today. And he, um, you know, it, it's interesting the, the parallels. I think he felt that at some point I'd be moving on. And I think that he thought the best uh, thing that he could do was to include me in the ownership. Um, and that uh, served uh, everyone extremely well, uh, including uh, you know our family, but but uh, the Wheat Kings uh, uh, most importantly. And it's a little bit like uh, what's happened here today. You still have the farm in Saskatchewan, and I kind of um, maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of think of it as like you have two family farms. You've got the farm in Saskatchewan, and the Wheat Kings have become a, a, a family farm in many respects as well. Yeah, they have, and, and uh, you know the Wheat Kings are um, you know. An organization that uh, that we're extremely proud of, and uh, you know, for 27 years I was uh, uh, day in day out uh, the owner operator in whatever the roles might have been at the time. But for the most part, uh, the general manager throughout, and then I think the coach and general manager for 12 or 13 of those. Uh, of those years as well, so uh, means a, a lot to us. It was our business, and uh, uh, the you know the uh, comparison you make to that feeling that a person has uh, owning a farm. That's exactly how uh, the Brown and Wheat Kings always felt uh, to us, and uh, and still do. So that's uh, that's where the Wheat Kings are in terms of how they fit into our lives. Uh, Kelly, talk about the beginnings there with Brandon, but you also spoke today about your beginning with the Golden Knights, meeting George McPhee at the airport in Vienna. Would you tell us that story? Well, I, I think uh, if I remember my dates uh, correctly, it was right around the middle of July that uh, that George called me uh, out of the blue. Obviously, wasn't expecting uh, his call. Um, uh, he had been hired only a couple of weeks uh, previous and was beginning to put together uh, his staff. I was at a point where I had... Um, uh, a couple of opportunities that uh, had come up that uh, that was that was were giving uh, them consideration when George called. So just to be clear, those were other opportunities to be an assistant general manager in the National Hockey League, NHL opportunities, yeah. NHL opportunities. So um, when George called and and uh, I talked to him, um, I was really intrigued by expansion. Those are the kinds of things that really uh, excite me to build an organization.
organization right from scratch, the hiring of the staff and, and everything that goes with uh, with an expansion team, I found really appealing. So uh, by, I think, the 1st of August, we accepted the, that position with George. And then the first that we met face-to-face was both uh, on our way to the Ivan Holinka tournament in uh, Slovakia. We both flew into uh, Vienna and we had a driver uh, waiting to uh, pick us up and uh, met and shook hands for the first time uh, as we prepared to go to that tournament. Could you have imagined the relationship that you two have grown now in the three years you've been together? Well, it's been tremendous uh, on a personal level and uh, professionally, um, you know, for me, to be able to work shoulder to shoulder with the guy who has the NHL experience that he does and um, you know George is uh, very modest uh, he, he did a hell of a job in Washington for a long long time and uh, unfortunately we saw the fruits of his labor last June with a team that was primarily built by uh, George who uh, defeated our team uh, en route to uh, the Stanley Cup so for me it was a chance to get uh, um, you know, completely immersed in uh, in uh, the NHL game. The expansion year um, is hard to even explain how much learning there was for all of us, George included, when you do deep dives on 30 other organizations and you know their personnel uh, inside out, when you um, have had the strategy meetings with the pro staff, which uh, uh, is, does tremendous work uh, for us. Um, you know, when you look at uh, teams and talk about contracts and teams and salary cap, uh, you know, under salary cap pressure and how they got there, it was really, um, it was like a university degree in one year in terms of what we learned uh, that first year. So that was really helpful for me. And then, uh, you know, our two seasons that we've played, it's, uh, um, you know, I learned from George every day. I think the guy is uh, really sharp. And uh, he has uh, just tremendous integrity. He's, he's really, really respectful of the game. He's respectful of the people in it, uh, the players, their families. Uh, those are things that uh, matter a lot uh, to George. When you say families, I know that you spoke about your family today, stepping back and putting the fact that you're now an NHL general manager. Can you put that in context, what it means to you and your family? Well, I think they're uh, uh, really happy for me, really proud of me. I think uh, my wife would be as proud if I was a farmer in uh, Plenty, Saskatchewan. She just uh, uh, has a real appreciation for those kinds of things, but certainly uh, is really happy uh, uh, to be able to be here today uh, as the announcement is made. I have a, a daughter, Chelsea, a son, Mickey, and uh, you know, as, as always the case on uh, special days, special occasions, special accomplishments or milestones, uh, they're only that way based on the people that you have to share them with. And uh, for me, that's what makes it special. I'm very fortunate. My parents are both uh, still alive, and they uh, watched uh, you know everything that unfolded here uh, today. Uh, uh, we told them, I believe it was on uh, Tuesday night when uh, we shared that information with them uh, for the first time. They're obviously very happy. And then, uh, as I touched on in the press press conference, it's days like these that certainly make me think of my uh, my brother who was uh, lost in a plane crash uh, uh, seven or eight years ago uh, now because he was always uh, my biggest fan as I was his and just always uh, you know just you know thought I was the smartest guy in the room. That's just how uh, how he always uh, felt about things. So he would have, as I said at the press conference, been uh, the proudest and the least surprised. I don't think you could say it better than that. No. Kelly, thank you. Thank Thanks, you, Dan. Kelly. And again, Kelly McCrimmon, our guest of the day, brought to you by Rock Creek Cattle Company. 
Well, Gary, there's so much to unpack from what Kelly has shared with us. Uh, George joked in the press conference today that Kelly gets to do the media ops now. So I suppose we'll hear from him a little bit more often as we go forward. Yeah, you know, I I don't know how much the the roles will change in terms of... uh, you know they're still going to work as as partners as co-GMs in many ways. Kelly will take the first call from other GMs on uh, on on player transactions. Uh, Kelly will probably handle the media, as we said. He'll be around the team a little more. I think that's the interesting part yeah. about it. It's not just the the roles, your job description. It's kind of how does your life change and traveling with the team a little bit more than Kelly probably does, rather than to some other camps and and, and tournaments around the world. Because you know that was something he said. You know he had to talk it over with his wife. It, it is a slight change in his lifestyle as well. Yeah, for sure, and also for George too. Because and George said, you know, he wants to get out to some of these tournaments like Kelly was just in Sweden at the uh, under 18 world championship well maybe that's somewhere that something that George goes to uh, down the road and George said that that's that part of scouting that George watches an enormous amount of video on players but it's it's great to see them in that respect but you can you get something you get something different when you're live as well so uh, that'll be interesting to see how George gets involved in that that aspect of it I just I think that they're both going to grow in their in their in their new roles and they'll continue to evolve where you know they'll they'll make decisions not about title and not about about you know who gets seen doing this or gets seen doing that it'll be about hey i'm really good at this i'm finding i'm good at this i want to do more of that or hey i need to learn more about this i want to do it they're going to they're going to grow and the golden knights will become stronger and better as a result i think the one thing that stood out from what george and bill and and kelly had to say about it today george said when you're the manager you've got to be around the troops it's a slightly different thing when you're the assistant general manager and you're around the club. When you are the GM, not the president or the owner, when you are the GM, that is something that the players recognize. Yeah, for sure. But I also think that, again, this I, I don't want to use other structures from, from other teams to define what is happening in Vegas. Because, listen, when George McPhee's around the team, the guys are going to know George oh, yeah. McPhee's around the team. And I think they already knew that Kelly was a big piece because it was really interesting to hear players talk all the time. They they never just mentioned George. They always mentioned George and Kelly. The players already knew and understood that this was a two-headed monster. And I think it – and that's a strength. Like – the, 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 there was a time when the general manager of a National Hockey League team would be busy up until the draft. Free agency was a kind of a small thing. and But, you know, then you'd take off for two months. Well, with the salary cap and how, you, how development has become so important, this is a 24-month job, or sorry, 12-month job. It, it just doesn't stop. And so having two guys really involved and involved at the highest level, I think is, I think, I think other structures will now start to define themselves by what's happening in Vegas. It's a great point because Kelly was asked about the attraction of being the guy, the GM in another market. And he said, if I were to go to another market, I would want to implement the structure there that the Golden Knights have here. Yeah. That tells you a lot that you need to know, I think. So the one elephant in the room that, that you know George and Bill weren't going to talk and Kelly weren't going to talk about, but we can, is what also 
happens here. Like if Kelly McCrimmon leaves and goes to another organization, all those amateur scouts and all those pro scouts, he was part of hiring all of them with George. Maybe he takes two or three guys from the amateur side and two or three guys from the pro side. Like this, the, the, the keeping McCrimmon, keeping the band together. It's had, more than just those three it's guys. It's more than just those three guys. It's the whole group. And that, uh, you know, instead of taking a step back, the organization took a step forward today. And I think that th- like that can't be that can't be underscored enough. I want to ask one more question because undoubtedly a fan or uh, uh, someone will think the following. Well, this is now Kelly as the GM. George is no longer the running the show. He's now the president. Does that mean maybe George would be a candidate for a Seattle job in a couple of years? Yeah. What What would you say to that person? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee. Um, they were engaged, and now they're married. <laughs> All right, well, now that they have this partnership, they've tied the knot, so to speak, officially, Gary. They can get down to business in addressing year three of the Golden Knights. Now, before hockey begins next October, you've got right now the professional scouts are here. We see Von Karpin walking around the halls. Uh, Misha Donskov, of course, is always here. The amateur scouts are coming in. You've got the draft coming up. So what's on the agenda now that the band is assuredly together? Well, so the pro scouts will be talking about uh, the current Golden Knights roster and what they think they need to do to improve it and then how to improve it. And they will have watched every NHL team, every American League team, and they'll have books on all of those players. So that they'll start talking about what free agents are available, what does the what free agents on the Golden Knights roster do they want to retain? What will they who will they say goodbye to and et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of work for them to do as July one approaches on the amateur side the draft is in vancouver june 21st i believe and they'll they'll have to start talking about you know what do we want to do there and and they first the first thing that has to happen is they compile their year-end list and that's where they rank the players all of the players eligible for the draft they rank them from one to 150 or 200 whatever however how it depends right it depends on every year which players are worthy of being on the list and and that determines the size of the list so that has to happen next and then you know McPhee and Mc, and McCrimmon will spend time you know talking about all kinds of things and they'll start to develop their plan they'll use at the draft and that they'll use on when July 1 rolls around the other thing is Chicago Wolves are still playing. Cody Glass scored a uh, big goal in overtime to uh, give them a, a lead in their series. And uh, the longer that team plays on, the more likely it is that people such as Kelly McCrimmon or George McPhee or Vaughn Carpen will be hanging around that team watching the development of their prospects. That's right. The Wolves won their first round series, which was best out of five, against the Grand Rapids Griffins, Detroit's affiliate. Now they're playing the Iowa Wild. It's a best of seven second round series. And Iowa Wild, obviously the affiliate of the Minnesota Wild. So plenty of action to keep an eye on there, whether it's Cody Glass, whether it's Nick Haig. Oscar Dansk was one of the stars the other night. Uh, That is something to keep an eye on because you could have one, two, three players from that Chicago Wolves roster on the Golden Knights opening day roster. Absolutely. 
absolutely. That's uh, with the salary cap. And now in year three of the organization, those players that they drafted in year one, some of them are ready to come on. And uh, and George has told, has said publicly, so I'm not telling tales at his school, he always liked to have one player, one young player, join his NHL team every year. So now they may be at that point where one or two will fight, fight and earn roster spots with the Golden Knights next season. And that may be months away, but plenty of conversations to take place between Gary, you and me, Shane and Dave, and others over the course of the summer. Yeah, we'll try and uh, keep this thing going. We're looking forward to those. And, of course, the start of the Golden Knights' third season months away. The news of the day, Golden Knights named Kelly McCrimmon their next general manager, effective in September. George McPhee, of course, stays on board and retains the title of team president. Kelly McCrimmon, new general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights heading into Season 3. That'll wrap it up on this special edition of SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave broadcast brought to you by the D-Hotel. We'll talk to you next time.